Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Jamie Cameron Prince, expert in uh, yoga. Jamie, I'm very grateful for the time that you invested coming on to the Urban Health Podcast, Keeping Busy People Healthy. Jamie, can you please introduce yourself? Um, tell me a bit about yourself, what do you do? Hi, so yeah, my name is Jamie Carmen Prince and my main focus on what I teach is anxiety stress response training and vagus nerve activation to promote healing within the body through using yoga asanas, which are postures, pranayamas, which are breath exercises and meditation. Amazing. So, um... So tell me a bit about the uh, breath exercising. Um, it, it's great that you do all of these. And obviously you helped transform a lot of people's lives. And tell me a bit about that and how did they benefit from what you do, especially in the yoga and breathing uh, area? So basically, um, I work in many different areas. Mm -hmm. uh, currently, the main areas I'm working in is I work with fighters and boxers, uh, kickboxers, mm -hmm. helping them with their anxiety before they step into a fight, helping them with their flexibility and their strength. Mm -hmm. I also work with university students, and I help them with quietening the chatter in their mind, helping them to be more rational when they come into an exam situation, so that they're able to call upon the answers that they need by giving themselves that mental rest and the ability to quiet the mind as and when they need to. We also work through a bit of physical flexibility and strength, but mainly we work through the meditation and the pranayamas. Mm -hmm. And then I also work with old people in nursing homes, helping them to breathe correctly uh, due to the fact that they're unable to walk or run uh, at long distances or do any high impact exercises. So I teach them how to breathe fully using the full capacity of their lungs, allowing them to get more oxygen and nutrients to the blood system so that it gets delivered more to the organs and the blood tissue, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the tissue in the blood. Um, and I also I work with just normal everyday students looking to find peace within their everyday life helping them to deal with stressful situations such as work or family life, mm -hmm. helping them to, uh, I basically teach anchor mm -hmm. breathing so mm -hmm. they can use the anchor breath outside of class in difficult situations. Um, and then I also have a couple of cancer patients mm -hmm. who just want to up the health within their body. So I help them again to breathe correctly. Um, and I help them with the eight limbs of yoga, which is not just, Asana, which is posture, which most people think about yoga. Mm -hmm. It's about how they live, what knowledge they put into themselves, what they eat, how they treat other people, how they clean themselves, how they breathe, how they meditate. Uh, so it's a whole lifestyle, not just a class where you come and do postures to gain flexibility and strength. Um, so how long have you been doing yoga, practicing yoga? I mean, I realize the benefits of doing yoga every day. Is once a week enough to feel the difference? I would say a lot of people are under a misconception when they use the word yoga, that yoga is the postures, which are the asanas. But actually, yoga is so much more than that. So when you say doing yoga every day, uh, you you should be every day taking time out to come away from the chatter within the mind, coming into a space of silence within yourself, concentrating on your breath. 
So the the other aspects of yoga that aren't the postures, you can be doing them all the time, regularly, in all such stressful situations, any time when you need to reset or when you're not feeling well, any time that you need to, to be in a better place within yourself, you can do mindful meditations and breathing practices. But when it comes to the actual physical asana of yoga, so that's doing all the postures, it's not good to overstretch yourself really more than twice a week. So you could do a physical yoga practice maybe every day, but keeping it gentle, uh, working more with the breath and the meditation side of the yoga than just through the actual physical flexibility and strength. Um, me, myself, I've been doing uh, physical dance, stretching um, kind of things from a very young age, from age two and upwards, I've been dancing. But the actual yoga itself, I haven't. I only started doing yoga about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. How has yoga transformed your life? It has absolutely completely transformed my life. Mm -hmm. um, about seven years ago, I was told that I had fibromyalgia, and I was a lot in a lot of physical pain with a lot of the muscles in my body from various injuries, from skateboarding to falling off a horse, all kinds of things. Um, and mm -hmm. what I've found is through the yoga asanas, the postures, I've been able to decrease the pain in the muscles uh, by elongating them through flexibility and strength work. Um, and also through the pranayamas, breathing fully and breathing correctly has allowed my body to get more oxygen and nutrients to the blood, to the muscles to help them heal quicker. Also, at the same time, I do intermittent fasting where I tend to generally eat maybe once or twice maximum a day. The rest of the time, I have 16 hours of no food, allowing my body to come away from the digestive process so that the body can start healing the body. At the same time, I've always suffered with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And the meditation, pranayama and asanas and the anchor breathing plus using the sober stress response training, I've been able now to come away from extremely stressful situations and very quickly put them behind me, come into a mindful space within myself in the present moment, quiet the chatter, and get rid of the, the thoughts and the images that may cause unhappiness and anxiety within myself. So I found that massively on, on many levels and also physically I've become stronger. I've got a better toned body now. I now can see muscle definition. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, my skin's better. I've also gone vegan. So it, it's a whole thing yoga. It's, it's not just the postures. Uh, so making sure that I don't eat certain products that are going to cause harm to the body such mm -hmm. as animal products that can increase the chance of cancer by having an acidic blood. There's, there's lots of different aspects of life that change when you go on a journey through becoming a yoga practitioner. Uh -huh, that's amazing. So um, you just talked about you being um, a vegetarian, let's say. Um, a vegan. Vegan, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah no, no, no. Is there, yeah, is there a much of a connection between eating healthy and uh, being vegetarian and being also yoga practitioner? Yes, yeah, so uh, one of the limbs of yoga, or you've got the yamas and the yamas, uh, one of the aspects is about what you put into your body and not being a part of any harming of any other being. 
Um, so from a yoga point of view, there is that side of it, the mindful process of what it is you're putting into your body, but also from a point of view of being vegan or vegetarian, let's say, if you are not eating animal products that have died and released a lot of adrenaline into their blood and into their muscles and flesh through the process of being killed, by not putting that into your body, you're reducing the amount of adrenaline going in. Also, the the body itself really struggles to be able to process red meat. So when the body has red meat in itself, it takes, I think it's up to seven days for that to be fully digested. I could be wrong on the amount of time it takes. Mm -hmm. But because the body takes a lot of time to digest red meat, it means during your yoga practice, your body isn't able to focus fully on activating the vagus nerve and healing the body and shutting off the digestive system uh, to be able to really heal. It's still processing through that meat that, that our bodies are not quite capable of digesting a speed naturally um, that other animals that eat meat are naturally able to digest it at. So we have a weaker stomach acid and we have much longer intestines. So it takes longer to process that meat through the body. So being vegan, and now I say I'm vegan, but I do actually eat organic eggs maybe once or twice a week, uh, more because I feel that organic eggs come from a nice environment where they're taken mm -hmm. care of and I don't feel they're harmed in the same way as mm -hmm. other protein meat products have been killed, etc. Um, but as a general, because my body doesn't have that meat blockage, mm -hmm. my food tends to pass through very quickly. So when I do a 16-hour intermittent fast every day, there is definitely hours, the last few hours at least of that fasting, where my body is not digesting anything at all, and it can go straight into the healing process. That's a great insight. Um, if you recognize someone with an anger issue, how do you approach them? With that subject so what what i would suggest to them uh, for instance my daughter mm -hmm. to have a fairly um erratic anger issue from mm -hmm. time to time she's mm -hmm. five years old and <laughs> isn't very good at rationalizing herself mm -hmm. so what we do is we do the sober response so we stop Mm -hmm. We observe the situation, mm -hmm. we breathe, which is the three anchor breaths that mm -hmm. I teach in class, which is the most important bit, and they're very specific breaths. Mm -hmm. So we do the breath, we enhance that feeling of oxytocin and love around the body, and then we respond with a rational uh, response. Because when the body goes into fight, flight, and freeze mode, when you go into this sympathetic nervous system, mm -hmm. we go into a very irrational place within our mind. So the first thing that you have to do with somebody who's in that irrational state is to help calm them down, to help bring love back into their themselves because oxytocin and adrenaline can't be present at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the adrenaline is usually present when they're in the sympathetic nervous system. And by helping them to create oxytocin within themselves, whether it be through visualization, through singing, through chanting, through meditating, through praying, um, doing breath work, there's loads of different ways of, of invoking that oxytocin within the body. Mm -hmm. They're able to switch out of the adrenal mode into the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system where they're able to come into a more rational place and once that person is calm that's when you can then approach a subject which is sensitive to that person 
Now, it takes training over periods of time. So for me and my students, I do a two-hour class on a Monday, a two-hour class on a Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and an hour-and-a-half class on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And they're able to come to any of those classes. And what we do is with every single yoga posture that we hold, Mm -hmm. we hold the three ujjayi breaths, and that becomes our anchor breath. And so through the regular practice of the three anchor breaths, the three ujjayi breaths with Mm -hmm. each posture, it becomes an anchor and a regular um, breath system that they get used to using in stressful postures, Mm -hmm. which then transmits into everyday life that when a stressful situation comes up, when they feel angry, when they feel nervous, anxious, depressed, when those feelings start to come up, we recognize it. Mm-hmm. We do the process that we go through in class. We do the three anchor breaths. And mm-hmm. in those three anchor breaths, we're able to calm ourselves down back into a rational sense. Uh, yes, uh, we have a lot of our clients that are very busy, stressed out with a very busy lifestyle. And a lot of them are um, London busy executives. Can you tell us what, how they could breathe in their you know, day-to-day basis when they have a quick five minutes at their desk? to give us a tip about how we can breathe? Of course. So uh, the most powerful breath that I tend to use throughout all of my classes is the Ujjayi breath. Mm -hmm. And the way that this is done is you relax the jaw, you bring the tongue to the roof of the mouth, to the back of the teeth. And you open up the space in the back of the throat, which is also known as the snore chamber or the baby's breath. Mm -hmm. So where usually people breathe in through the nose and it's a nasal breath coming in through the left and right channel, we're directing the breath right through down into what is called at times the shishumna channel or the, the throat breath. So the difference in the sound, so I think you may be able to hear it over the recording. So mm-hmm. the nasal breath sounds like this. And the ujjayi breath, using the breath, directing it to the back of the throat, so the relaxed jaw, the tongue at the roof of the mouth, and the tongue to the back of the teeth, opening up the frog space in the throat, sounds like this. Now, as you breathe in, you want it to be silent. The only reason I make it audible is so you can hear the difference. But if you make it loud, it will damage the vocal cords. So you breathe very slowly and very gently in through this um, Ujjayi breath as slow as you can. And if you like, you can hold the breath at the top and hold it for as long as you feel comfortable. And the most important part is the very slow exhalation. So again, you're using the ujjayi breath and allowing that breath to come out through the throat space rather than through the nose space. Now, we're always using the nose to breathe in and out. We're not breathing in or out through the mouth, but there's a very big difference in the the type of breath that comes through the nose and through the throat. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for so, demonstrating that. Yeah, sorry. I was also going to say, sorry, um, mm-hmm. so through using this Ujjayi breath, you do three rounds. Uh-huh, three and rounds. And as you do those three rounds, what it does is it calms the nervous system. It brings us into a space of peace within ourselves because through opening this muscle in the back of the throat, it's very difficult for you to also be thinking and chattering in the mind. 
Now, another thing, though, that I would say is um, a simpler thing that can be done on a daily basis at all times with different things is just mindful meditation. So it could be that where we have a lot of chatter in our mind all the time, going round and round in circles, thinking about things in the past, things in the future. Mm -hmm. We are able to come out of that chatter that keeps us up at night or makes us feel stressed by simply coming into the present moment. So we can shift the way that we think into um, coming into ourselves, into our bodies, into our senses. So we could do things such as, as we're breathing in, we can feel the cold air on the tip of our nose as it comes in. And as we breathe out, we can feel the warmth of the air on the top of the lip. We can work on the Ujjayi breath. Again, it's hard for us to think and process through thoughts while we're opening the space in the back of the throat. We can also uh, spray some perfume and smell the scent in the air. And we can listen to the sounds around us and use those sounds as a tool to keep us present. Now, a way that we can do this is when we're in the shower. We can feel the warmth of the water. We can feel the water hitting our skin. We can feel the the change in the air that comes in through the nose. Mm-hmm. So that's one type of mindful meditation. Or when we're sitting having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, or for those that smoke, which I don't recommend, uh, mm-hmm. coffee or smoking, but mm-hmm. for people who do, mm-hmm. you can taste it, you can feel it, you can smell it. You can be immersed in the present moment of what you're doing rather than ignoring those moments and being in that chatter. And as we come into a space of uh, being in the present moment, it acts as a reset button, helping us come out of that adrenaline, calming down that adrenal gland, and creating that oxytocin within ourselves so that we're able to shift into a more rational space within us so that then we can get on with the task in a more mindful manner, um, asserting ourselves better rather than being in an irrational space when we're feeling stressed and we've got too much going on and we make irrational decisions which ripple out negative things that then continue into our day. Yes. Um, thank you so much for your inspiring insights. Can you please tell us how we can book you? Uh, if you have any workshop around, how can people contact you to get these sessions? So the, the best way to contact me would be either via Urban Shanty on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's either Urban Shanty page or Urban Shanty Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I am available to come and do uh, sessions, large group, full-day sessions, where we talk and work through pranayamas, meditations, and asanas as a kind of triangle situation where we work with the pranayama to help the meditation, we work with the meditation to help the pranayama, and we use the pranayama and meditation to help the postures, the asanas, and the asanas help us to meditate better, and the asanas help us to direct the breath energy um, and the oxygen and nutrients to the specific areas of places that are injured or um, parts of the body that need healing. So I'm able to come and do workshops for corporate companies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rate is decided on how long they would like me. Also, obviously, travel expenses and things. So it's different for different people. But I can be booked to come and do that for you um, when it's when it suits both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, obviously, you can get me on my mobile and my number is on the Urban Shanty Facebook page. 
I also do teach in Bournemouth. Um, I do 10 classes a week. And as uh, so people are travelling and working in Bournemouth, they're welcome to come and join a class at one of the venues. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you. So this is our end of our podcast. Um, thank you for your tips, helping urban health and keeping busy people healthy. Thank you. Thank you very much.